ever wonder what your therapist is really thinking? Well, that's confidential. But in this podcast, a few of my therapist friends and me show you what it's really like inside of a mental health professional's brain. Hi, welcome to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor, board certified counselor. We discuss books, movies, TV shows, motherhood, current events, clinical issues, mental illness, trauma, and our own personal lives. So if you want to know what we're thinking, come on in, take a listen. Come see what the world is like through the eyes of a therapist, the podcast that destigmatizes mental illness, humanizes therapists, and demystifies therapy. Hi, everyone. We're back on the podcast. Thanks so much for returning. We are back here talking about Encanto. We have a repeat guest, and their name is Marilyn Corbin Burdick. They are a licensed professional counselor here in El Paso, along with me in the community, serving the Latino community right along with me. And we are here to talk about the famous Encanto that we, I think, Jumped on the boat a little late. <laughs> a little late, but I want to say it's not my fault because I don't have Disney Plus. You don't have um, Disney Plus. I don't because I don't have children. And so it's not like super high priority for me. And while I'll probably get hate for this, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I'm more of a Star Trek person. And so I have Paramount Plus. And so that's where my money goes to at this point of my life. And so, yeah, I don't have Disney Plus, which is why I was like watching Encanto because <laughs> I didn't have access to it and I didn't want to rent it for like $20. So I had to wait for it to go down in price. That makes total sense. And see, for me, I have a two-year-old who doesn't let me watch anything uninterrupted. Like I watch everything in chunks. And so I knew that Encanto was like important because of what everybody was talking about. And I was like, I need to watch this and focus because I know that there's a lot of underlying themes and like mental health stuff and trauma. And I'm like, I need to digest this fully and not watch it in chunks, you know. So, yeah, we were a little late. That's OK for different reasons. Uh, but we are here. I was thinking, was there like a deeper reason? <laughs> like, were we avoidant <laughs> of like this, you know, I just think maybe we didn't have either the access or time for it, um, <laughs> which I mean, that that's that's deep, I guess. <laughs> um, but I feel like I kind of already knew a lot of the movie. I don't get upset about spoilers or anything. And so, of course, Encanto is all over TikTok. And so I got to see all the little snippets and people's takes on the characters and how it relates to generational trauma and everything like that. And so I kind of knew like, oh, I want to watch this. It's just, it was just a matter, for me, it was a matter of waiting for me to be able to rent it when I was able to. Can I also admit something to you? I feel a little bit like once somebody has like seen something or like overdone it, I get a little bit like, ugh, like I don't want to see it anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's not new. It's not novel. I also wasn't the first to see it or react to it. So it's like old news. And I kind of don't want to like, I don't know if it's like a competitive thing inside of me or like a territorial thing. I just want to admit that out loud. I don't know why that's like a really vulnerable thing. But I kind of was even like, 
I don't want to go and do this podcast. I feel like it's been overdone, right? Like, what are we going to contribute to the community that hasn't already been contributed and talked about? And so even on my Instagram page, I was like, there are tons of podcasts by people of color who have already talked about this, like, go listen to them. And then one of my friends, Elisa, was like, but have you done it? Have we done it? And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> That's true, because <laughs> everybody has a different perspective, right? So why not talk about it, I guess? I don't know. Is that bad? Well, no, I don't think it's bad. I, I think sometimes it feels like, yeah, it can feel like, okay, I'm over this. But it sounds like it's a lot more of like that pressure to add and contribute to things and make something that's very novel. But maybe that's not necessarily the point to make something novel. It's just to be able to process and digest a lot of this. Yeah. So I don't know if that made sense, but it does. Yeah. Like we are entitled to our own thoughts and our own feelings about it. It doesn't mean that we don't get to enjoy it too, or that I don't get to mm -hmm. enjoy it too. I'm all dragging you into my <laughs> feelings. You're like, <laughs> you can drag me in. It's all right. <laughs> you're like innocent bystander. I'm like, come here. <laughs> um, so I appreciate you coming onto the podcast and talking about Encanto with me. I figured that we would have a unique perspective because we did see it in kind of like TikTok form or real form or hear about it from our clients before. I know. Well, yeah, I heard about it from my clients. Did you? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I love it when I get recommendations from clients and it sucks when I don't have like the platform. Like I've had clients recommend Ted Lasso to me and I'm like, I don't have that platform, but. I'm looking forward to watching it one day, but it is nice when you get those recommendations and it's like, all right, I'll add that to the list. Yeah. Like you add it and you're like, okay, I'm going to do that. With this one, though, I think because we have a widely ingrained culture of Latino, Hispanic people in our area, mm -hmm. I know that Encanto is supposed to be more Colombian, right? And I didn't really mm -hmm. quite gather that until one of the songs hit in the middle of the movie, but maybe we can talk about that it later. However, a few of my clients were like, you haven't watched it? Like, super judgy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and one of them was like, your homework is to go watch Encanto before we meet next time. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, okay, I will watch it. So I watched it. It's nice to get those invitations from clients but also because it's like they're inviting you to have that same language with them, to have the same metaphors, the same references yes. and all that. So it makes sense that sometimes there's that pressure of like, you got to watch this. That way we can talk about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we were kind of in the loop, but hadn't fully watched it. And so when I think when you finally watch something after having so many clues, it's like, oh, you know, I had a lot of those moments in the movie, like, Oh, that's what they were talking about. Okay. Yeah, I get that now. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of ask you some questions about the movie. And I'm a little curious about maybe just like the characters. And I'm sure that this conversation will deepen because, you know, we're both very analytical and we're therapists and we can't help ourselves. But just very superficially, which character was your favorite? Yeah. So, you know, I I think... I don't know if everyone's like this, but I, I feel like, of course, Maribel, she's just trying to navigate everything. And I think she's this kind of like outside observer, just kind of like going through that. And I, I can definitely relate to that piece of just kind of observing everything that's going on and just trying to piece together what everyone's role in the family is. 
Aside from Maribel, the person who I kind of related to the most was Luisa. Oh. And I'm not like super ripped or anything like that. Um, I'm actually very small and tiny. But I really related to the like carrying on the weight of things and being the person expected like, oh, well, you're the strong one. You're the one who can do this. You're the one that can take care of business when it needs to get done. Well, you asked if which one I liked the best. And I guess maybe I, I answered what I related to the most. But maybe it's the same boat. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's both. Like you liked those characters because you related to them so much. And I think that that's what happened with this movie because we're both Latinas, right? Like, I think it's kind of an odd experience or a unique experience to have representation in such a big media platform, finally, that it's like, oh, I can pick a favorite character because I relate to them, not just because they're my favorite and their life or their image is so unlike mine. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I feel like connecting with the character was something new for me. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think of movies and characters growing up. It was kind of like, okay, you like this character because that's the character that we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's always like the main Disney princess or the main kind of character that you kind of sit and relate to. And this one had such a variety of characters for people to really sift through. They had their own unique dynamics, their own unique role that they were kind of thrusted into. And so it, it was nice to look more at how you relate to their role within this family more so than maybe just because there's a focus there on them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I never watched Cinderella, right? Like because Cinderella's white. I never watched her and was like, oh, my God, I feel like a very, you know, a huge obligation to my family to be like put aside or set aside. That connection was never really there for me. Mm -hmm. I think with that particular Disney movie, because maybe she's white. I don't know if Cinderella, if they were to depict her as like Latina or like have the context of her living in this collective town, right? Where everybody has like the same language and is like, brown and you know like latino or like and not everybody's brown in encanto right like everybody has different skin colors and stuff but you know like that sense mm -hmm. of collectivism like i think the context kind of sucks you in right to identify with the character a little bit more i don't know if that makes sense no yeah and i guess that the thought that's coming to my mind is there can be a lot of stories especially from the 80s which is when we grew up mm -hmm. right <laughs> Um, last century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last, last century, where it is focused more on an individual journey, an individual perspective. And maybe there's kind of a shift of how do we create more of a collective perspective and collective journey? Because it wasn't just Maribel who went on this journey, you know, they, they all kind of had these unfoldings of like, oh, I am tired. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do that. They all had their own little individual journeys that built up into the entire family's journey. And so it is a little bit more relatable on that sense. It's not just you're isolated by yourself doing your own individual journey, which happens, but that's not that's not always our full experience. Yeah, absolutely. And your answer for who your favorite character was makes sense because I think I don't expect you to be like, oh, I liked Maribel because she's so pretty and look at her glasses. 
You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, if you were like five, maybe, right? But I think also if you were five and Latina, you'd be like, oh, maybe because she looks like my sister or my cousin. Like, that's cool now, right? Mm-hmm. Versus maybe when we were growing up, it'd be like, oh, like, look at Barbie's hair. Look at Cinderella's hair. And like, look at how white and pretty she is. But there's no relation to like her image. I think there's a lot of layers there. I think it's I think it's pretty cool to see kind of how there are different themes that you can like choose and talk about, right? Like in in the movie mm-hmm. and what they what they decided to focus on in the movie and what we can take away from it as observers, right? Like as uh Latino or Latina, Latine people. But it's it's kind of nice to be represented as a culture. And I'm not, I don't know, I can't speak for like the Colombian culture. I don't know if they got that right. You know, if Disney got it right completely, right? But, and I, I don't know because I'm not from that culture, but. Well, something that I really appreciated about just kind of the overarching theme, and I think maybe this is why even though we're not necessarily Colombian, we can still relate to a lot of things is that there's kind of a general experience for people who have been indigenous to this continent and a lot of the displacement that has happened in multiple countries, um, not just Colombia, but I mean, this whole continent when it comes to indigenous persons. And so I think that is an overarching thing that makes it very relatable across different countries and different nationalities and perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the themes, right, of being separated, like the trauma themes, right? Mm-hmm. Colonization, being run out of your own country or your land and having to figure out and navigate life post-trauma or post-loss of like the head of your household and things like that. Like those themes, I think, run pretty deep in a lot of our lineages, Mm -hmm. no matter your ethnicity. And so, yeah, I found that that I think was very relatable for sure. Who did you relate to more or yeah? Yeah, I think I related most to Maribel, I think, because she was the youngest. I'm also the youngest in my family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also have green glasses. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Disney be copying me. First of all, I had these glasses (laughs) since 2020. So let's just say that. (laughs) Um, But anyways, (laughs) I think um, just the way that she's trying to uncover and like go talk to Bruno and... You know, I just feel like I do that and I, I'm a little bit more, um, I don't take answers for face value no matter where I'm at, like whether it's at work or with my colleagues or in my family, I'm kind of like, why? And hold on, like <laughs> I challenge people, but it's not to be mean or rude. I think it's because it could be helpful. I kind of see it as the like Maribel was a person willing to approach things. She was a willing to approach the things like you don't talk about. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's not necessarily being malicious, but it's why can't we approach these things? And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. And I really like the way they portray her as like not somebody who's fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's not confrontational and malicious and stuff. And she's just curious. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She's just curious. Yeah. And so I think that that's pretty cool. I like her the most. And I like the little bird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that goes with her into Bruno's what was cave the, thing. Pico? Is that the name? I can't remember. A but I toucan just, thing? <laughs> yeah. 
But I rewinded the part where they like almost fall off the cliff and he like mean mugs her. <laughs> He's like, like nah. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, really? <laughs> like, you could have died. <laughs> it was super funny. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, do you have a least favorite character or any moments where you were like, ugh, like this is frustrating or I don't like this or anything like that? Well, and I, I guess just real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Bruno. Because oh, yeah. I do like Bruno a lot. Me too. I, I like that he's the person in the family. The way I took Bruno's character was that he's just the person who tells people what they don't want to hear. Absolutely. And it's not his fault, <laughs> per se. Yeah. It's just people don't want to hear stuff, but he's the person willing to say what people don't want to hear, but it's still very necessary and important. And yeah, he r- reminded me a lot of family members that tend to be that person in that role and how they can get ostracized and outcasted but at the same time it's like yeah like you're on to something <laughs> yeah exactly but i guess i want to give a shout out to bruno right via song oh yeah go quick can we do that I love that. I heard the sound that had to turn into a reel. Anyway, you were making a serious point about... Oh, no, no, yeah. no. I think that's what I really appreciate about Bruno is like, no, no, we don't talk about this. But then it's like, I like that clip because it's like, yeah, yeah, like, let's just talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) And just like bust down the door and um, yeah, like we don't talk about stuff. But sometimes no matter how much you don't talk about stuff, it's just it's going to be talked about or it's there. Yeah, like it's there, living in the house. <laughs> like you can try to shut it away. It could even try to shut itself away, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, it's going to be there. I thought it was so interesting and insightful that the storytellers decided to have him, you know, live, but also have a seat at the table, right? And like yeah. have that little hole into like the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time he was listening, you know, like he wasn't isolated, like... He ain't dumb. Mm-mm. He don't try to play Bruno. Yeah, it's just <laughs> he just wasn't willing to not see and talk about the things that he saw, which I think when we put that into the context of like anyone's life, that would be very unfair to put on anyone to say, hey, you can't talk about what you see. You can't talk about what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I really feel or felt for Bruno. Absolutely. Ooh, so least favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ugh, don't, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because, <laughs> yeah, I relate to Bruno in that sense. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going <laughs> to move on. Did you have um, an emotional moment or did you cry? Well, yeah, and, and that's why when you ask about like least favorite character, it, it's kind of tough because it, it, every character, I'm not someone to... I don't really like the whole dichotomy of good and evil kind of thing. I think it, it's very limiting. Mm-hmm. And I think we tend to miss out when we just label something as good or bad. Um, I think we miss out on the full context of what's really going on. It, it's very dismissive. Yeah, the nuances. And so, yeah. And so as frustrating as Abuela can be, I mean, obviously at the end of the movie, she has her pain that's really driving a lot of how she is treating everyone else and herself. And so I think sometimes that is definitely an emotional hold because I I think that's something that we can see in our families, especially when we have 
very contentious or tense relationships with family members. A lot of times, especially if we are like Maribel and are trying to ask questions, like we empathize with what they're going through. We see some of the stuff they've gone through. We want to talk about these things, but that's not where they're at. That's not where other people will be at. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it can be very frustrating, but also heartbreaking to be in that kind of space with family members. Yes, absolutely. Of course, because it's a Disney movie, right? Like Abuela Mm -hmm. and Maribel at the same time in culmination, right? Met at that moment emotionally. How nice. Right? Like, (laughs) yeah, I am. I was curious. And now I understand why. And then Abuela was like, yes, here is the trauma. And I'm processing it with you. And that happened and the timing was perfect. But that, like, hardly ever happens in real life. Like, both people being emotionally available and open and curious and talking. It's like, (sighs) that would be nice. Well, and it's not just, it wasn't just Abuela and Maribel. It was the whole family that was able to open the door and step into the new house and have a new foundation and everything. And that is, like, a miracle. Oh, gosh, true. (laughs) (sighs) And so I... For me watching that, it felt very bittersweet because, yes, it's great to see those moments. It's great to know that those possibilities to create new foundations with family are there and can be there, but that's often not what we're met with. And sometimes we do have to create our new foundations to our new home, but not everyone's going to step into that door with us. And so, I mean, it's great to know that that's there. (laughs) And like you said, it's Disney. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also a hard reality to sit with is like, oh, dang, that looks nice. But that's not the reality for everyone. Yeah. But that's not the reality for us with every relationship. Exactly. And I'm just thinking as like a therapist, right? Like on a systemic level to have everyone be like, let's all help this family and like let's all rebuild and like all realize (laughs) (laughs) at the same time about the trauma And all like tear down the toxic stuff that wasn't working for us and, you know, like come into ourselves and the post-traumatic growth, like Luisa finally resting at the end, like going into her hammock (laughs) and then like, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the other character's name with the flowers. Um, Isabella. Isabella, sorry. Yeah. She like is messy with her colors and everything and like planting cacti yeah and like her (laughs) flowers and like embracing that post-traumatic growth and everything like all of that happening in sync together like as a therapist oh my god like that would have to take (laughs) i don't even know what you know that's like it's like a little sad to think about how rare that is right and you bring up a good point too that escaped my mind until you mentioned it, how the community itself, it really benefited from the family's dynamic. It benefited from these very rigid roles that everyone in the family was doing. And so Mm -hmm. that's an important piece too, is the community itself needs to be able to say, hey, you can step out of these roles. It's safe to step out of these roles where we can benefit with you outside of these roles. And I think sometimes that's part of the pressure to stay in there is like, well, if I don't do this, how are, we, how are we supposed to survive in the community at large? Especially if you come from a displaced community and that's how you've just known to survive in your new, your new life, I guess. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because it's not like the community was 
being malicious or they were complicit because I don't think that's even like the right word to capture it. It's just like they were, yeah, like passively benefiting from it, right? Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is how things are. Cool. But then, oh, my God, like it's falling apart. It's okay. Like we want to help you, which is nice. Disney, very Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Disney. Thanks, Disney, for giving us hope, hopefully, for (laughs) how something like that could turn out. But I I do think that I do I get really annoying with boundaries. Um, as a therapist, I can constantly bring up well, boundaries, <laughs> and oh, that sounds like a boundary. And and I, I constantly boundaries is like a affirmation that I really tend to lean towards. I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes we do a lot of boundary work with family, and we do a lot of boundary work as individuals and how can we again create this foundation for ourselves to where we can feel more authentic we can contribute in the ways that are genuine and healthy but not everyone wants to meet us there and so i i think it's an interesting take to kind of see how we can how do we work when people don't step into the house with us how do we kind of move forward and be okay with our new foundation even though it may not include everyone you would want it to include yeah, absolutely. Because you, what would they have done? Like, just not built the house, <laughs> you know, and like been homeless and like not gone on with their lives like they would have had to, right? And like, either you come with us or you don't sort of situation. I mean, not that it's that black and white, mm-hmm. but I think people still have to move on with their lives in some ways. And yeah, that's true. Boundaries are important post trauma so that you, have those healthy limits yeah do you have a favorite song from the movie i don't know <laughs> i mean I, I i can't i feel like i think more of the tiktok compilations <laughs> than the actual right like the song. one i just played it's like stuck in my yeah, head like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh the one that's been stuck in my head is the the, the tiktok of um mariano like and his walk um <laughs> And so I don't know if I have a favorite song per se, but I do have favorite like clips that I will just mumble to myself when I'm doing my stuff around the house or whatever. So yeah, and I guess the Mariano one is one of them just because I like his walk and I like a lot of the TikToks that have been uh, made from that clip. Yeah. I mean, the We Don't Talk About Bruno is constantly stuck in my head. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's catchy. I like the part in Luis's song where it's like, the drip 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 like that is so catchy yeah i think lynn manuel miranda did a really good job with helping with the music i mean I, he wasn't like the, the only person but i think that that certainly helped right and like the story mm-hmm. that the music conveys and everything is really good but i i want to make sure that we hit kind of all the points in the question list and if you yeah, have yeah. any Anything else that you want to say about Encanto? And of course, we can always go back and revisit these themes more in depth in later episodes. But we just kind of wanted to put something out there so that people are like (laughs) satisfied with me. (laughs) Like, why is Crystal not talking about Encanto? Yeah, like, okay, fine. (laughs) We did it. All right. Um, I will say I do like a lot of the maybe idioms that I've been able to gather from this movie and i'm not great with idioms but i love the whole concept of luisa carrying the donkeys and that is something that me and my friends now say we're like not your donkeys like they're not your donkeys to carry (laughs) 
um, which makes me really happy because then I just think of myself like putting donkeys down and being like, no, this is your donkey. Here you go. And that feels like it makes more sense to say than not my monkeys or circus or whatever. I get a lot of idioms don't make sense to me, but not carrying donkeys makes sense to me. Yeah. Or like with a client, right? Like now I can say we've got to talk about Bruno. Or like something, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It makes sense. That's that's cool. I like that one. That's not your donkey to carry. <laughs> yeah, not your donkeys. I'll, I'll credit my friend. She's the one that she started saying it. Not my, not my donkey. Not your donkeys. Not your, instead of like, so. not my circus, not my monkeys. It's like, yeah. yeah. Why would I have? I guess why would I have a donkey? But that makes more sense than not my circus, <laughs> not my monkeys. So it would be like, not your casita, not your donkeys, not your encanto. They're just not my donkeys. Not your. They're not my donkeys that got out. <laughs> <laughs> right she's it's other people's donkeys that got out then right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just okay. rolling with it i mean sounds good. it's more succinct that way <laughs> that's really <laughs> not my donkeys <laughs> all right well on a final note um remember people don't carry donkeys that aren't yours thank you for listening to us <laughs> talk about the infamous latine colombian sensation of a movie encanto and thank you marilyn for coming back onto the podcast yeah of course thank you for having me and we will talk to you all soon thanks for listening to through the eyes of a therapist podcast rate and review the show on apple Podcasts, and please connect with me crystal martinez acosta licensed professional counselor on instagram at through the eyes of a therapist pod more information about booking me for therapy or training can be found there. Until next time, keep on fighting the stigma and go to therapy. I'll see you next time.